Ronananian. If a car's got 100,000 miles on it, it's going through a can. Oh, yeah, okay, I guess I guess to a degree it can go bad. But by the same token, you know, what made it go bad? The Car Doctor. Handling of batteries, I can't stress it enough. The battery is really the heart and soul of the electrical system and of the car. Welcome to the radio home of Ron and Anian, The Car Doctor. Since 1991, this is where car owners the world over turn to for their definitive opinion on automotive repair. If your mechanic's giving you a busy signal, pick up the phone and call in. The garage doors are open. But I am here to take your calls at 855-560-9900. And now, here's Ronnie. Hey, it's time to start your engines. Come on aboard. Let's get under the hood and talk about that car you're driving or that truck or whatever it is that keeps you motoring from point A to point B. Hello and welcome. Ron and Annie and the Car Doctor. 855-560-9900 is the phone number. That's right. Once again, 855-560-9900. We're here to take your call and answer your questions. That is also a 24-7 number. If you are so inclined and you can't get a hold of us during live show hours, we are live on the network Saturday afternoons, 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern Time. You can call the 855 855- Five six zero nine nine zero zero number and our executive producer, chief cook, head bottle washer, board operator today, emeritus, and uh, the stand-in for everybody else that doesn't show up because of weather or some other related reason, Mister One and Only, no baloney, not a phony, Tom Ray, Mister Ray. Hello, how are you today, sir? Oh well, let's put it this way: it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. But that's so, uh, that, you know that's that's only here in the Northeast. Well. Uh, well, no, not necessarily the Northeast. Uh, I just talked to a gentleman from Michigan, same thing. And, oh, by the way, it's cold in Florida, and it snowed in Georgia. Does that mean if it's snowing in Florida, that means that Santa's going to go there first? I mean, it's probably easier for him, right, because it's... Uh, you know, I, 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 I would think, you know, because they don't get that much snow, and if there's snow down there, he might as well hit it first and get it out of the way. Right, because it's probably... It's, it's tough for him. Trust me. I know. I talk to him every year about the sleigh and all these other things. Although I'm trying to, I'm trying not to do it this year. We, we, I, I just don't have the time, Tom. You know. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I know. And plus, you know, I mean, last year you left Tony and I in the lurch here. I mean, well, hey, yeah, but you know? listen, what's more important, fixing cars with you guys, or you know, I mean, he is the big guy. Well, this is true. This um, is true. Besides, I got everything I wanted last year for Christmas because yeah. I had the inn. Right. Well, me, me too. Because yeah. uh, you know, we let you go. Uh, well, it's and you got what you wanted because. You get to work with me. Well, there's only one other thing we need. Um, the uh, a Giants win tomorrow. Oh, no. We're going to go on about this. Of course, because, uh, you know, Tony's not here, so somebody's got to do it. I got to tell you, it's it's got to be pretty neat. I mean, what we, the way I'm looking at it is the Giants now have a four-game four, four season. All right? And let's see him go 4-0. Oh. Because it has got to be pretty cool tomorrow when Eli runs out of that stadium. Oh, it should, oh man, can you imagine? Yeah, it's got to be. They got to go nuts, um, especially against Dallas. And then next week it's Philadelphia. So yeah. you know they got yeah. at least they got a couple of two good games coming up that you know we won't make it anywhere, but from yeah. morale boost for but next. That, but that's year. okay. It should be a lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely. So can I get back to talking about cars now? Because I've kind of touched on everything else talking esoterically. Yeah, cars. What are those? Well, that's oh, what yeah. th- that's what we're here for. <laughs> oh, okay? okay, got it. So I got a guy waiting over here on the phone that I've just got to go over and talk to. Is that all right with you now? Okay, I'll think you. about it. All right. Well, just hit the button, Jeff from Lansing, Michigan. Jeff, are you still there, sir? Yes, sir. Uh, how, how is the weather up there? Is it snowing hard? Uh, not right now. We got two inches last night. The concrete's still warm enough to dry out. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, think of it this way. If it's snowing now, that means we're one day closer to cruising season. It'll be spring soon somewhere. Absolutely. So what can I do for you today, Jeff? Well, my mother's 2013 Impala has just over 30,000 miles on it. Uh, the dealer changed the oil first the year it snowed every day. And since then, I I used Pennzoil Ultra a couple of times. And since then, I've been using Pennzoil Platinum because the five-quart jugs were 25 bucks instead of 9 bucks a quart. And I've heard you talk about specs, and this is kind of academic because I'm sure I can use The Euro is now available in five-quart jugs, right. Platinum Euro. So I'm, it's the same price, and I'm sure I can use it, but I just thought I'd check with you because it's specs in the owner's manual. Dexos 1 and the Euro is Dexos 2. Um, Dexos 2, if I'm not mistaken, is a rating. Why do I think Dexos 2 is a rating for diesel classification? Um, I just it's read this. Mercedes and yeah. names European cars. Yeah. Um, I think you're fine with the Dexos 1. Uh, you know, again, if the car is spec at Dexos 1, I think Dexos 1 is where you want to be. You don't want to go overboard. You know, it's it's funny. I went to a class on variable valve timing not too long ago, and I actually went through the class three times, not because I'm stupid, but because I know the instructor, and, he, he you know, we get to talk, and he says, yeah, come on back. You can you can monitor the class. And, you know, listen, if somebody offers me classes and training, I take it. I just keep going. Um, and, it, it, you know, it absorbed in after a while that oil, oil is a problem, okay? There's no other way to say it, uh, to the point that if you really read the class on variable valve timing that ATG is putting out and you, you get into the fundamentals of it, boy, it is so hard to what oil specs correctly. And, you know, all this stuff about all oils are the same is, is really a bunch of baloney. It's, it's, it's almost to the point that you wonder if anybody can produce the correct oil. And they can, and my point becomes that whenever I buy oil and I start talking about what to put in a car, I always go back to what does the manufacturer spec, did the manufacturer of the vehicle spec, and then what does the manufacturer of the oil come up with, and how do they equate to that? And, you know, it's it's interesting. Some manufacturers of oil are putting Dexos on the bottle, but it doesn't say Dexos approved. It says Dexos. And, you know, there's some issues there with that. Uh, you know, some people are saying, well, they don't want to put, you know, they can't put Dexos approved because they don't want to pay GM the royalty and the licensing fees. Okay, I get it. But the bigger picture there is they also don't want, you know, they can't meet the standard. There's there's an issue there. And, you know, I, I think what you're doing is right. I, I just think Dexos 1 is where you want to be. You know, Pennzoil Platinum or Pennzoil Ultra, whichever one, but, you know, both good oils for a lot of reasons. Um, you know, you hear me talking about it, and it's the real deal stuff. Uh, I still remember, oh, it's got to be three, four years ago, they were doing a press event in New York City, and I went to it. And, I don't know, everybody was all excited because all these big-name celebrities and athletes were there. And, you know, I was all excited because I got to meet the engineers. And uh, we kind of had a little gab fest going over in the corner of the room. So you can imagine this. Here's this big thing in the middle of New York City, and they've got floodlights, spotlights, celebrities. You know, all the A-list is there. And here's the car doctor all the way over in the corner with these two, en three engineers sitting down, and we're just 
kind of having a conversation about, well, what kind of oil do you make and how do you make it? And, you know, it was just a fascinating conversation. And it, it, it still comes down to, I believe this, when you're buying oil, you're buying the company. You're buying how much they care and how hard they try and how much science went into the manufacture of that oil because, you know, oils today are constantly changing and just very, very different. Um, very, very different. So, but um, that's the deal. What kind of filter are you using, by the way? Uh, I've been using K&N's. Okay, good stuff. Um, yeah. You know, uh, Wix is also a, uh, something you can get in there, and if you're going for an extended range, um, you know, you can take a look at a Wix filter and see what they've got in the lineup. But the key comes back to, you know, if it's synthetic, I'm going to stick my two cents in the pot and generate some emails and hate mail. Um, I'm going to tell you that, you know, 5,000 miles on synthetic oil is a great place to be, especially if it's mom and she's probably not going far. Um, you know, and you're down to changing it once a year or once every six, seven months. You know, definitely the way to go. Well, I've been so. changing it at 3,000. Would you... Do you think that's too much? Um, what's the, what's the time frame in between, Jeff? Uh, probably seven months or so. Yeah, you can do that. That's okay. Yeah. Listen, yeah, better better do it too much than too little. I'll 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 tell you here because she's 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 not around today. But my wife's car, I put an oil change sticker on the car for three thousand, and she gets it in by five. But she's got synthetic, so I'm covered. Shh, don't tell anybody. So. It's a Can secret. I ask you one more question. I, I don't have a computer or a cell phone. Two for a nickel and, today, babe. What's going on? And one of these days, I'm going to need a scanner code reader. I've never had one. So for that 2013 Impella, you know, I I don't ask advice unless I'm 99% going to take it. So what would you suggest for that car? Well, you know, there's 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 two ways to look at this. OBD2, Onboard Diagnostics 2, is the standard language of code scanning. OBD2 allows you to, by law, look at engine emission-related fault codes. So you can get a check engine light on on a car and look at it with OBD2, and whether it's a Mercedes or a Chevrolet or a Honda or a Toyota, they're all going to be the same standardized code, the same standardized data stream, which is kind of neat. You can, you know, we use OBD2, as a matter of fact, and we're taught this that you use OBD2 to diagnose a problem, but you use manufacturer-specific to verify the repair and sometimes to fix it as well. It's, it's, a, it's a double-edged sword because when you're in OBD2, you're looking at the same thing from car to car to car. Chrysler doesn't call fuel trim fuel trim. Uh, you know, Honda doesn't look at an, uh, an O2 sensor the same way as Toyota, but OBD2 standardizes that in a lot of cases. So the first question you've got to answer is, do you want OBD2 or do you want manufacturer-specific? And the, the answer to that question ultimately lies is, what's the budget? What's, what's your real goal? What do you think you're going to spend in, 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 in the purchase of this tool? Well, I'd, I'd go 500 If, if you suggest it, I'll, I'll, I'll just make it happen. Well, do this. Take a look at the line of tools from launch. The Millennium Series, all right, the 60, the 70, the 80, the 90. The 90 is their top-of-the-line tool. The Millennium, is it's their top-of-the-line tool. Good, solid tool. Um, you know, it works very well. You can print from it. It does OBD2. I almost think it's manufacturer-specific at some level, but it's just not coverage across all the modules. So it's well under $500, and it's a good starting point. 
Excellent. All right. Say, listen, you, you said you can find more at launchtechusa.com. You just said it, right, uh, two minutes ago. You said you can't change oil often enough. Right. Something else I'll tell you because my wife's not around today. You can't have too many scan tools. You know, the guy with the most scan tools usually wins. So, scan uh, tool. Yeah, spirit of Tony. Tony's not here today, by the way. He's uh, stuck in New York because of the snow. So, Might but, as well um, start with top of the line, then. Work your way up from there. All right, kiddo? Thank you very much. You're welcome, Jeff. You take good care, and uh, good job taking care of Mom's car. 855-560-9900. Ron and Annie and the Car Doctor. We're coming back right after this. Car Doctor is coming to your radio, and you can give him a call at 855-560-9900. Now, with a very special phone caller, here's Ron. Hey, Tom, listen, I got a question for you before we take our next call. Yes. Um, I ran this pen through the washing machine at home mm-hmm. uh, this week, and it writes really good. You ever, I wonder why it does that. Well, it might be a technical term that you like to use. It might have gotten rid of the schmutz on the tip of the pen. I mean, I, I, I was a schmutz remover. Um, but I'm not kidding. I was just taking some notes here during the break, and it just works. i got to hang on to this. I'll, I'll have to try that, but, you know, you might want to check the laundry to see if it wrote on those two. Well, I was, you know, <laughs> I was just really lucky because it was a load of whites, and it was a white T-shirt in a, in a pocket thing. And I was like, I was like, you know, blue ink, white T-shirt. Nah, what could go wrong there? <laughs> not um, a thing. <laughs> well, like, holy cow. Hey, uh, by the way, before I go to the next caller, I think you wrote it wrong. It says... Is, is this Santa Fe, New Mexico? Or, cause no, it no, says, no, no. This is the big guy himself, Santa. He's been oh, listening. He listened to the beginning oh, of the show. Oh, oh, jeez! Oh, I forgot he does that. Yeah, and this is. Oh boy. And and he said something about the naughty list because you had said at the beginning of the show you might not want to go up and see him this year. Because Tom, I can't get up and see him. I got too much to do. Well, got... you know that. I know that. You tell Santa that. Oh, oh. Okay. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Put him up. I did. Santa. <laughs> oh boy. Merry Christmas, Ron. Can <laughs> I? Did I hear right? At the, to- at the beginning of your show, you said you don't have time for Santa. Well, no, it's it's not that I don't have time, Santa. I just I have all these broken cars here that I'm, you know, and they count on me to come in every week. And uh, but, I, 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 you know, I'm sorry, Ron. I trust you. Listen, I'm using the latest technology. Listen, you know me. I lose the latest, the F-14, the F-17 military technology, and it's only you that can help me out. Got to help out the reindeer, and you don't want to disappoint the children, Ron. Oh, we're going to do the children card. All right, I'll be there. What time? What time and when? Ron, we could discuss the details after off the air. But, you know, Ron, I also have the, the, my rain check. The reindeer light is going on constantly, and the elves can't figure it out. I need you, Ron. Well, you know, I think partially because of global warming and the change in the atmosphere, the higher you go to get to everybody every year, which I still don't understand how we achieve this, but I think it's got a lot to do with, well, some of that Christmas magic. Um, you know, you've got to change their feed by region. You've got to divide. I'll, I'll do it for you when I get there. Just tell the elves to leave it on the side, and I'll take care of the mix when I get there for that night. Can you make it on the 23rd, Ron? Um, I can be there on the 23rd, but that means we're not going to be live on the 23rd, Tom. Is that okay with you? No, I don't wait, 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 wait a minute. You did this to us last year. Now, what are we going to do on the 23rd? Well, you you and Tony can tell everybody everything that you know. You guys know about cars. It'll sound like complete silence, but I mean... That's what I was just going to say. I mean, there won't be a show. Listen, this is Santa. I can't turn Santa down. <laughs> uh, and tell, you know, Big Tony and, and Tom, 
I might do something with the Giants this season. Right. See, oh, well, well I, I have ideas what you can do with the Giants, but, uh, you know. Yeah, but now keep it clean. This is Santa. Santa, listen, I'll tell you what. If you bring the Giants a winning season next year, I think Tom will let me come. Well, I have a, I have a, you know, the uh, cold mines will bring snow today, so I can do plenty, plenty. Now, let me ask you a question, Santa. Um, and this is the one everybody wants to know. The night before you go out, you know, Christmas Eve? Yes. How do you stay awake all that time? I mean, what do you eat before you before you take off on your trip? It's a special Mrs. Claus blend that keeps me wide open, and wide awake. Really, it's a special Chris, Christmas blend from Mrs. Claus. And 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 you know, what are you drinking that whole time? I mean, it takes you twelve, fourteen hours to do all this. That's a special recipe. Mrs. Claus won't even give me the secret. Oh well, thank gosh for Mrs. Claus. <laughs> So, and, and but it's, it's you know I and then we have the time continuum, so time continuum, so we can make sure that we cover all the good little boys and girls, and they've been great this year, Drog. Well, and and I bet you, how is the naughty list versus the good list this year, Santa? You know what? I think the good outweighs the bad this year. Well, I'm going to have to check it once again a few more times. Well, you know, you got to check it once, you got to check it twice. You know, think of think of it like this, Santa. And for all you do, we love you for it because you represent all the good in the world, and we know you're out there. And you're trying to make the world a better place by bringing toys to children Christmas Eve. Oh, and, uh, and you're on the good list too, Ron. Well, Especially when I see you the 23rd. I, I will be there. I will be there the 23rd. And I got a couple of things. I was thinking about modifying a few things. Um, I've noticed that the runners are starting to, with age, they're, they're, the wood is getting a little. So I'm going to make a couple of modifications. We're going to make you even quicker. We're going to get you in and out of everybody's houses oh. and locales this year. Lickety split. Promise. Elves are going to love you. And I, hey, Ron, thank you so much. And I want to say Merry Christmas to your entire audience. Oh, thank you, Ron. Thank you, Santa. You take good care, and I'll see you. I'll see you the twenty third. Honest, I promise. I'm sorry, Bye, Tom. Tom. Bye, Tom. Ron. Bye, Santa. Tom, look at that. I, I, I just the big guy. <clears throat> you know, I looked at the screen. You and I, know I, how to attract a man. I tell you. I, I thought you were telling me. I thought it was. I thought it said Santa Fe, but I couldn't figure out the guy's name was North Pole. It did, didn't make any sense on my call screen. I think you set me up on that one. I'm gonna have to talk to Tony when he comes back next week. Ron and Andy in the car, doctor. <laughs> what a show. We're coming back right after this. Don't go away. From his Area 51 East Coast Lair, fixing all your car problems, here's Ron. Give him a call, 855-560-9900. Let's get over and talk to Sammy in Central Pennsylvania, 03 Taurus Wagon. Sam, you're on with the car doctor. How can I help? Oh, is this Ron? It sure is. What's going on? Okay. Hey, Ron, uh, I called you, I think, a month or so ago, and you, uh, I told you how I could determine when my battery was going dead, and you mentioned that there was a... You thought that there was a cigarette uh, voltmeter, a cigarette lighter voltmeter? Right, you could plug it into the cigarette lighter, sure, and look at voltage that way. Yeah, and, uh, well, I looked on the uh, Google of it, and I found a whole bunch of them, anywhere from a dollar fifty to $10. Okay. Anyway, my son bought me a $10 one. Now the question is, Ron, how do I interpret all that stuff on there? All right. Well, it's well, not much on there, it's just the voltage. Just, the vo- just voltage, right. So yeah, no, I got one. I mean, I got a light on the dash there. That's apparently will come on. But will my in other words, 
Well, let's ask this question. Maybe you don't not aware. Maybe you don't have to get in this much detail. What uh, what I'm trying to say is that uh, at what voltage does the one on the dash come on? Very. It it varies by car, Sam. All right. Oh, so so vehicle manufacture it'll vary by car. It'll vary by year. You know, and and it could be very precise. It could be it could be it could the light could come on at twelve and a half volts, twelve point four volts, twelve point three, etc. Is the light on on the dashboard now? The charging light? No, it's it's not on. Well, yeah, it's working properly. Everything is everything is normal now. Okay, so there's no dash lights on. And when you start it up, where does the voltmeter read? Around fourteen. Okay, that's your that's your baseline. Congratulations, you've just baselined. You know what known good looks like. All right? Uh-huh. So, and you're fortunate because think of it like this. If the car was broken and you looked at the voltmeter, you don't know what known good is because your car might be a little bit different than than one next to it and the one next to that and the one next to that and so on. So, typical industry speak becomes forget voltage and everything else. Let's just talk in generic terms. A, a standing standing battery widget will be 12.5 it's voltage all right so standing battery voltage will be 12.5 volts all right that is a typical considered healthy battery is there a range for it yes 12.2 to 12.5 is, is is pretty much what you'll see out of most batteries that are sitting under the hood or sitting on a shelf depending on how long they're sitting there where, where that voltage rises to once you start the vehicle and the charging system takes over clearly varies by vehicle it will in your case vary by how good a connection uh, you have at that cigarette lighter what sort of resistance might be involved in line and also the quality of the gauge and i'm not saying ten dollars is a bad quality but you know that that ten dollar gauge versus you know a four hundred dollar fluke 78 87 meter um it just might produce a slightly different result but the rule of thumb here becomes at 14 volts on that cigarette lighter gauge. I think you're. Uh-huh. I think that's a good barometer. If you're uh-huh. driving along and all of a sudden you see it drop to 13 volts, yeah, that's excessive. Um, un- unless, unless you know that 13 volts. There's a reason. Maybe you just turned on the air conditioning. Maybe you turned on the 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 heater. Uh, you know, the blower motor, uh, the rear defroster, and and yeah. that's and that's the other part of this equation. Okay. Now that you know what, now that you know that 14 volts is where the voltmeter is going to sit, you know, driving down the road at at, at 35 miles an hour, and when you come to a traffic light, maybe it it drops to 13.8. I don't know how accurate this is or if this is a digital or an analog readout. Maybe it drops to 13.8. That's known good. That's your known good. Now turn on the headlights. Turn on the high beams. Turn on the defroster. You know, load it up electrically. See where the worst case scenario is i've had cars that are good cars with a with a real voltmeter on the battery where i've seen charging voltage about 12.8 12.9 the light's not on there's really nothing wrong with the car but i've uh-huh. got every electrical device in the vehicle on high beam high beams rear defroster air conditioning fan blowers on high we're running every electrical accessory in the car and that's how it, it some of them will struggle Especially as they get older, to keep the charging system above par. But the minute hey, it comes, another quick, Ron, another quick question. Go ahead. Is there some way I can put a lot, an alarm in there? To do what? 
And worse, to let me know when the voltage is going down. No, I think I think for all the effort that you're going to see there between between the light on the dashboard. Listen, if you don't notice the light on the dashboard and the, the needle on the gauge changing or being below spec, the alarm will probably scare the bejesus out of you and you'll crash off the side of the road. Uh-huh. Right? So I think you're fine where it's at. Yeah. I understand I was talking to a trucker, and he used to drive a truck, and he said they used to carry a, a spare alternator. Okay. Go ahead. Uh, What's your point? Well, the point is that uh, I'd like to anticipate that. Maybe if, if I could know within 50 or 100 miles, I could know that I need to get to a garage or uh, or, or a uh, service place. Do you have a spare tire, Sammy? Yes, I do. How many do you have? One. <laughs> how, many t- how many tires are on the car? Four. Are you gonna Are you gonna carry four spares? No. Okay. Um. You know. Are you gonna put a spare starter? Well, well, why do, Why do these trucking companies carry a spare alternator? Well, because they're long distance haulers, and maybe they've got issues. You know, they're stuck out in the middle of the desert somewhere, bringing bringing produce across. You know, states where there's long stretches of road, and it may take a while for them to get parts. All right. Uh-huh. Whereas, you know, what's your daily commute? Let's let's tackle it this way. What's your daily commute? Where do you? How far do you travel every day? Do you do you still work? Or are you? I'm I'm retired. Okay, and so you know, where do you? Are you are you generally within an hour of home most of the time? Yes, I am. Okay, how many auto parts stores are within that hour? Oh, there are, there are a bunch of them here. Right. That's that's why that's why you don't need to carry a spare alternator. Now every every now and then I drive to Philadelphia to see my son, or I drive to uh, uh, New Jersey. Uh. Okay. So guess what? Auto, New Jersey and Philadelphia both have auto parts stores. Trust yeah, me. But then I'm kind of worried about in between those. All right. So let me ask you this: This is this is an 03 Taurus. What engine is this? This is the three liter dual overhead cam motor. Oh, I know that I went to the Ford, and they said that was a good one Ford made. Oh, so the alternator must be up top. Yeah, it is on top. Okay. So listen, if you feel better about having an alternator, if that's your security blanket, brother, go ahead, buy an alternator. Get out to an O'Reilly Auto Parts, ask them what's the best they got, stick it in the back of the car, well, and you've well, got one. You know what was my security blanket go ahead. before? When I had the old... Uh, alternators they had the brushes in there so i just change the brushes every now and then well wow. or I'd, I'd pull them out and take a look at them see how how good or how bad they were yeah we can't do that anymore but listen uh-huh. if, if if having a spare alternator makes you feel good if that's your picadillo do it man all right uh-huh. you, chances okay. are chances are you won't need it but far be it for me to sit there and, and and rock your world i would tell you to do it if that's what makes you feel good do it all right. Okay, very good. Thank you, Ron. You're very welcome, views. Sam. You're very welcome. Bye-bye. You take good care. Right? What else are you going to do? I mean, listen, we all have our – we're all human, man. We're just – we're a work in progress, and we're trying to get to the finish line. Um, you know, he who leaves the best-looking corpse wins. I'm not really winning that, Tom. I have the face made for radio. But, yeah, you and me both. Yeah, so it's uh, – you know, but, I, you know, I have no fault if somebody wants to carry spare parts. But the reason truckers do it is because they're in such crazy parts of the country – and I imagine um, they run into some very specific uh, 
componentry and requirements and not as easily obtainable. I'm sure you can. Well, I don't know. Maybe you can walk into an O'Reilly Auto Parts and ask for an alternator for an 18-wheeler. Um, that would be a good question. I'll have to find out the answer to that. So, But anyway, let me uh, let me mosey on down the road here. 855-560-9900. Ron and Andy, the car doctor. We're coming back right after this. on the wall so you don't forget to call for car advice done right 855-560-9900 now back to ron shut up and start talking did you see the article this week about mercury retrograde and the true story right i know you guys like to hear these real story from the shop so uh, you know mercury retrogrades are going on i think it's still going on but it was supposed to be really bad thursday and friday this week and and i've noticed it you know i'm, I'm having a hard time communicating with with certain people and it's like some things just make less sense than they ever did, and you're just scratching your head saying, so it'd be a good time to just kind of take a breath and, you know, let's let's all take a second pause, especially this time of year. There's a lot of stress. But I still got to fix cars, okay? I still got to do my job. And Friday this week, a 2007 Pontiac G6 came in, and it had been scheduled, and it needed a key. The, 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 and it's the same key for the door and the ignition switch. The key had broken. And, you know, we, we had a key made based off of VIN. You know, you can, you can do that. Certain GM cars, you can go to the dealer, give them the VIN and say, hey, I need this. Um, you have to show them who you are, proof of ID. You know, it's me. It's my car, that kind of thing. Or mechanics can do it. And you get a key made. And car came in, and I always do this the same way. I always I, I check it in the door, and it worked fine in the door. It had absolutely no problem in the door. And I checked the original key in the ignition switch, and it worked just fine. And I took the new key because I have to learn it. You have to go through a relearn process. And I was going through that relearn process. And I took the replacement key and put it in the put it in the uh, ignition switch. And it, it started the car. It turned. It started. And I t- went to turn it back. And it won't turn. Wait a minute. Let me. What did I do? Did I did I do this right? So I have the, yeah, it's got to be the right key. I just, you know, and you, you kind of go around this in your head three times and it won't turn. And you got my little two ounce ball peen hammer and I gave it a little dink on the end. Sometimes you just got to catch the tumblers and just make them go, you know, give it a little and nope and shut a little liquid wrench in there and give it nope, nothing. And I'm like, oh boy. Now, to set the stage properly, it's Friday morning, 830 in a repair shop. Here's a car that's got to go by three. You got a full day, a full slate of other cars to deal with, and so you're trying to do what you think is the easy thing first. And it's now in your parking lot running. You can't turn it off, and it's got an eighth of a tank of gas in it. No! And you just you're like, oh come on, really? So the way out, because you know it's funny. I always I always hear my dad talking to me when I when I get in these scenarios. He always kind of sits me down in my head, and he says, you know. Stay calm, breathe, and think your way out. There's always a way out. And I brought the car in. I pulled down the knee bolster, which is the part across your your front knee where you're sitting, you know, underneath the the steering wheel there. And I was able to get to the safety release for the lock cylinder. And I took out my handy-dandy pocket screwdriver, which, you know, I always have my pocket screwdriver with me. It's sort of like, you know... It's, you got to have it. And I pushed in on the safety tab. And since the key was already in the run position anyway, dink. And now I've got the lock cylinder out in my hand. And I said, well, this is a start. At least I've separated the broken part from the good part. Okay. 
And then I backed the car out, took a screwdriver, went down the barrel right to the electrical part of the ignition switch and went and turned off the car. Good. Now I got the, at least I'm not going to run out of gas. Cold Carpenter Bobby was floating around and I knew he was running around town that day doing some errands. And Bobby ran over to the locksmith and they were able to disassemble the ignition switch and reset the tumblers, found a too worn or bent tumbler. I didn't get the whole story. We were in a rush towards the end of the day, and they repaired it, and it works like butter. But, you know, you look at the – it's so simple. How hard could it be? You know, and I always think about that whenever anybody says, oh, just put a battery in the car. How hard could it be? Lightning. Yeah, and get an ignition key for it. How hard could it be? And, and, and this is a relatively simple process because it's still mechanical keys and mechanical tumblers and cylinders. Uh, you know, heaven help you, and this is the point of this conversation, besides, you know, the woes of the repair shop, you know, start to look at the cost of replacement key fobs. Some interesting things are going on with key fobs. First of all, I'm reading in the paper that a lot of you don't have the energy to lock your car and bring the key fob in with you at night, which I don't understand. All right, there's a rash of cars being stolen in, in the in the northeast region here, and I'm sure it's elsewhere in the country in the world. But evidently people are leaving cars unlocked with the fobs in them because they don't they, they just I don't know, the fob must weigh too much. And then the second problem is the cost of that fob. And I'm noticing people putting I get a lot of cars that come in and don't do this. You put the key fob. There's two cup holders. You ever notice this? There's two cup holders in the console, and they put the they you you put the the key fob in the one cup holder, and you put your can of soda, water, juice, hot coffee, or whatever in the other cup holder. Then you hit a bump in the road. The coffee splashes, hits the key fob. <clears throat> yeah, that's only going to work so many times before it's going to cost you three, four, or five hundred dollars. So think about what you're doing. That's a little baby computer chip sitting there. But um, anyway, got the car out on time, quarter to three down the road. She was very happy. But you know, you just you put the key in and you go, and nothing happens. Anyway, that's my story. I'm Ron Annie, the car doctor. I'm coming back right after this. You come to the right place if you have a car problem. Ron and Annie, the car doctor. Eight five 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 six zero nine nine zero zero. Now back to Ron. Hey, welcome back. Real quick, um, you know, winter's here, and um, the weather's going to get colder, obviously. TPMS lights are going to be going off. And, um, you know, just some good thoughts from the Car Care Council. They recommend checking tire pressure regularly during the winter. And and I, I agree with them because, you know what, it's it's going to be an issue. TPMS lights are going to be going on. Now, don't fall into the suspicion, hey, is, is the light really on because it's got a flat or is it on because there's, there's you know, it's just cold weather. Um, but as per the Car Care Council, they tell you that it's typical this time of year for motorists to get TPMS warnings and then get worried about their tires or not. And that's according to Rich White, Executive Director. We just had Rich on the show not too long ago. Um, often drivers will see it in the morning. When it's cold, as the temperature warms, the light could turn off, but it's likely the tires will still be a few PSI underinflated. Very good words, all right? So, you know, you may start out in the morning, the light's on, you drive to work. As the tire heats up, it expands, it builds up more pressure, the light goes out. Doesn't mean the tire is inflated properly. Get it checked and make sure that you're following minimum manufacturer's placard, plus a couple of pounds this time of year isn't going to hurt. More information from the Car Care Council at carcare.org. Well, that about wraps it up this hour. And, uh, boy, real thanks. We saw the big guy. We heard from the big guy this hour, and uh, that was just a great time. And uh, I'm Ron Annie in the Car Doctor, and I'm reminding you, the mechanics aren't expensive. They're priceless. See you.